Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. In the world of high tech, right now, they are creating what they call virtual reality. Um, and they do it in many different ways. People play games on their computers wherein they live in make-believe worlds and they compete with other people on other computers and it becomes a large part of their life. People have dream lives. They think about what they would like, how they would like things to be as opposed to the way they are. People are constantly imagining the way things should be in their life. They're constantly trying to picture what they want and how they can go about getting it. There are even self-help books out which tell you how to picture what you want and how that will create the circumstances for you so that those things will arrive in your life. Well, what is reality? What is virtual reality? What is illusion? What's the difference between all these things. <coughs> In the tech world, at least they've realized that what they're giving out is a virtual reality, not a actual reality, but something that's made up. Well, there's a lot more than that's made up uh, that's not on the computer. Many of us live with our own virtual reality. We look at the world and we assume what we want to from it. And then we pay attention to certain things. And those are the things that become real for us. I was uh, out of the country recently, and if you read the newspapers about what's going on in this country, you get a certain impression of what's going on. But if you're on the ground, and you're actually in the country, and you're living there, all of the things that are written about, you don't notice them. Uh, they don't become relevant to the everyday existence. And you also see that they don't seem to be relevant to the people. Yet, that's all the newspapers talk about. In America, if you look at newspapers, they basically cover the political scene. They don't cover the lifestyles of the people. And they don't cover what's going on among the people. 
everything's from the higher end down, and then everybody's fighting about who should be on top making decisions that barely affect uh, people. We all live within a framework, and a lot of the framework is beyond our control. And a lot of the framework is within our control. But we have to come to conclusions as to what is and what isn't real for us. Now, if you're missing your breakfast and your lunch and your dinner, and you have trouble grabbing some food during the day, after a short period of time, that becomes real for you. Hunger is real. Um, if you're making $200,000 or $300,000 a year, and you're spending every penny just to maintain a imagined lifestyle, and you're in a panic because you don't know how you're going to maintain this, well, that certainly seems real. It is just as real as the person who can't get a meal. His hunger is real. The anxiety of maintaining that lifestyle is real. We need to find in our own lives a place of contentment. We need to find in our own lives what is real and what is not real. We need to understand what we really need to deal with and what is peripheral to our existence. We can spend all day discussing the merits of the film industry and how the movies are not quite as good anymore as they used to be in the 30s and 40s. And at the end of the day, what have we done? What have we accomplished? Where have we got? What have we done for ourselves? What have we done for our state of consciousness? If we begin to understand that we are our consciousness and not our surroundings, that we are our consciousness and not our possessions, that we live in our consciousness and not in our ideas of the way things should or shouldn't be, then we'll begin to understand how to find reality. And we should be able to, without great effort, to measure our consciousness. And if we can't measure our consciousness, we can't be on a transcendent path. Because a transcendent path is about, is about elevated consciousness. Consciousness that comes out of
and rises above illusion that is beyond all of the virtual realities that so many people call home, that it's beyond what the eye can see. It's beyond the elemental shapes and forms that flash by in front of us. It's beyond wealth. It's beyond fame. It's beyond lust. It is in another place. And the question that we have to answer is, do we want to go to that other place or do we want to exist in different virtual realities? Do we want to create different virtual realities? Billionaires build 250 room houses. Why? Because it gives them a sense of a kind of virtual reality that has a certain pleasantness that it gives the eye, that makes them think they have somehow escaped from the circumstances of the world. Why do people decorate? Not only to make their life easier, but to create the illusion that they have escaped into some kind of perfected space. The purpose of design is to create perfected space. But if anyone has known a holy man, where does the holy man live? How does he survive? There's the story of the man who went on a trip to find a holy man. He came to his residence, he knocked on the door, uh, nobody answered. He opened the door and walked in, and there was a small cot in the corner, and the holy man was sitting on it with just a little table in front of him, and there was nothing else in the room. And the man asked, where's your furniture? And the holy man replied, where's your furniture? <laughs> and the man replied, I'm only passing through. And the holy man said, I also am only passing through. Now, compare that to the billionaire's 250-room mansion and his need to walk through all these rooms and make them into different shapes and forms and pleasantries so that they somehow convince him that he's in control, that he's in charge, that he is the one who builds his own castle. Well, what's it mean when you have a 250-room house? It means you have a lot of needs. It means you have an enormous number of needs, and you're constantly working in an effort to satisfy those needs. Now, can we get to the place where our needs are limited, where we're satisfied with very little. Now, the beggar 
may have enough to eat. And he may have enough to sustain himself as far as the quantity of food that he takes in. But he also may be walking around all day long hallucinating about overeating. Now, because he doesn't have the means to overeat, he never gets fat. (laughs) But if he ever had money, he probably would. And then he would start hallucinating about how he could lose weight and stop overeating. It's a vicious circle out there of imagination turning into your own virtual reality. You don't need a computer to have virtual reality. You don't need a game set to have virtual reality. We all create virtual realities for ourselves to meet the inclinations that we have in our being. Now, can we rid ourselves of these expectations? Can we rid ourselves of these hallucinations? Can we bring ourselves to the reality that truth exists in a place that cannot be seen by our eyes, that cannot be smelled by our noses or heard by our ears. That truth lies in a non-elemental world that we have trouble making contact with and that the only way we can ever make contact with this non-elemental world is to give up our overwhelming attachment to the elemental world. We, for the most part, choose that which is subject to destruction as opposed to that which is not subject to destruction. And what's interesting is when people choose the elemental world, they constantly get into conflict over it. This is mine. No, it's mine. This is mine. No, it's mine. This is my border. No, it's not. Your border's over there, another 50 miles. And then the destruction begins. Everybody has what they have, but because there's this need to disagree over it, they begin to destroy what they have. And then perfectly good cities become rubble. Perfectly satisfied lives become miserable. Migration of people happens uh, to upset cultures. And all kinds of disruptions occur in the world because of the inability to to agree on who controls the elemental, who controls the oil, who controls the money, who controls the land. Now, man is clever enough that he just doesn't argue about what can be seen. He also argues about what can't be seen and fights about that. My God is the only real God. Your God 
has no status. Your God is made up. My God is real. I can't see your God, and you can't see my God. How do you know? There's a difference between the gods. Well, the people who told me about my God have more credence than the people who told you about your God. And the people who told me about my God were truthful, and the people who told you about your God were liars. And on and on and on. In every phase of existence, there bruise difficulty between men. And in every phase of existence, there bruise internal conflict within ourselves. We are a constant harangue going on inside of our heads, arguing with the state of our being. I need this. I need that. This is not right for me. That's not right for me. We're in a constant criticism of what's going on. We can't seem to be quiet. We can't be quiet in our heads, and we can't be quiet outside of our heads. We can't be quiet. We don't even believe that in quiet is where we escape. We think we're going to talk our way out of this world. It isn't going to happen. It just isn't going to happen. You aren't going to talk yourself out of anything. Now, of course, there are clever lawyers who can convince less clever judges to do what they want them to do, and people think there's some kind of victory there. Well, these are intermediate virtual decisions that only last for short periods of time. The final stark truth is something that we're going to have to face. And all of the virtual victories that we have within the world are of no meaning. Does it matter how many points you got in the video game that you spent six hours a day on or 12 hours a day on when you reach the point of answering to reality? Does it matter how much money you've accumulated? I mean, the person who accumulates money makes fun of the person who plays video games because he says he keeps score the wrong way. The right way to keep score is with money. It's not with video points. Oh. Well, when he finds out that money isn't the right way to keep score either, he's in for a real shock, not a virtual shock. And we have to begin to understand how the score is kept. It might be surprising that your score is higher if you give things away than if you give th keep things. Your score is higher if you are smaller than if you are bigger. In the world of the non-elemental, in the world of the qualities, ants are more important than elephants. And the power of elephants doesn't exist 
in the non-elemental world because elephants do elemental things. They push their ways through the jungle. They destroy trees in their way or whatever stands in their path. Any animal that is dumb enough to come at an elephant will have a problem. But if you take the elephant's elemental power away, what does he have left? If you take our elemental power away, what do we have left? We have to begin to look at ourselves without our elemental powers. We have to begin to look at ourselves as if we did not have this body, as if we did not have all of the things that we rely on to take us through this world and achieve what we call success in this world. We have to learn how to act that way. And then we begin to understand that in order to see that which cannot be seen by the elemental portions of our being, we have to become very small. Because the entire universe is smaller than a mustard seed. If we understand truth, there uh, was a series of science fiction movies called Men in Black. And in one of them, there was an amulet the size of my thumbnail. And inside that amulet was an entire universe with an entire universe of beings. And even though it was a comic book movie, it had some truth to it. And it made you understand that size has nothing to do with it. Imagine the size of, in the way that we measure, our Milky Way as compared to the size of the Earth. The size of the Earth becomes infinitesimal. And imagine how much smaller than that is each individual being is. They're almost non-existent. Yet, Allah tells us that within us are all the universes. And within us is all of creation. And within us is everything that we see and everything that's been created. All of it has been placed inside of one human being. Well, if that's true, then the way we understand things is not true. The way we see things has a fault in it, and we have to begin to re-look. Instead of diving to the depths of the ocean, going down miles and miles, we need to dive into the depths of our own being, going down miles and miles, and spending time in there in quietude to learn what happens when we do that, to understand what we see when we do that, to get in touch with that which 
is buried deep inside of us under the mounds of the elemental dunya that we've gathered to make our life worthwhile. Or at least we think make our life worthwhile. We have to change our attitude and our perception. And we have to change our priorities and that which we consider important. We have to become aware of what is really important. We have to know that we're only traveling through. When you're on a long trip, you usually don't take your house with you. Your home is left behind as you travel. Well, in reality, we're on a trip and we've left our home behind. And so, in our travel, we try to build homes everywhere that we go. And you can't keep up homes everywhere that you go because you lose semblance, you lose the capacity to understand where your real home is. People make a big deal out of the country they come from in this world. And they become attached to the country they come from. They become attached to their homeland. And people fight wars over their homeland. A wise man once said, your only true homeland is your mother's womb. And think about that. You are a product of where your mother's womb was when you were born. So is where she happened to be laying at the time she gave birth your homeland, or is that womb your homeland? Are you, are your circumstances such that they define you, or do you define who you are by yourself. If you migrated here, does that make this your home? Is the other place your home? Or are you an independent, free person? We need to consider all of these things constantly because only in consideration of who we are and what reality is can we find out the truth about ourselves. And we need to let go of all of the things that aren't real. We need to give up all of the things that aren't real. We have to be able to not pay attention to that which is not relevant. And to do that, we have to know what is relevant. And what is relevant? God is relevant. God's qualities are relevant. And what's interesting is, it comes down to that in every situation. If you're not aware of God's qualities, you're not aware of reality. If you're based outside of God's qualities, you're based outside of reality. And then you create your own virtual reality, you give it a name, you give it a culture, you give it a location, 
and then it becomes real to you. But it's not real, no matter where you base it, no matter where and how long you've lived there. If you've lived in a place for eight years, does that make it your home? And if somebody's lived in another place for 42 years, does that mean their home is more solidified than your home? Are you a vagrant? It's not easy. It's not easy to say all of the things that we've worked for aren't real. To say all of the accumulations that we've made in our life aren't real. That all of these things are going to disappear. That all of these things have no stability to them. And the only stability that exists is in a place that we can't see. To some people, those are pretty harsh words. And in order to do away with the harshness of them, they just refuse to believe them. So they can go on with what they have thought they were doing all these years. That's why... <clears throat> The truth is so hard for people. It's very hard to be told that nothing you hold on to has merit. That the only things that have merit are the things you can give away. That the only places where there are merit is in the kindness that you're able to engender in your own being and that kindness that is given to other people. The only merit is to discuss God and his virtues and that all else is a waste of time, a waste of breath, and a waste of effort. Yet we are involved in so much effort to make whatever point it is that we're talking about at that moment, to support whatever political situation we think is appropriate to win an argument at every cost. <clears throat> We're so involved in our presence in this world and in our stake in this world. We have to learn to let it go. It's maybe the hardest thing that there is for us to do. And in truth, it's the only thing there is for us to do. Let's do it. Let's ask God to help us do it. Let that become our prayer. God, we know how wrong we are. Help us be right. God, we know the mistakes we've made. Help us correct them. God, forgive us for all our wrong-headedness and give us right-headedness. Allah, allow us to see truth and to believe truth. Allow us to hold ourselves in your way and not be moved by all of the hypnotisms and magnetisms of the world and all of the seeming rewards 
that the world tries to offer. Let us understand the virtual nature of all of these things and know that the only reality is with you and allow us to be content with you and to strive towards you and help us to bring ourselves closer to you. In order for that to happen, God, you have to take us. You have to show us the way. You have to show us the signs. You have to bring us closer to you. We are mortal and we are weak. The flesh is wanting. The mind is confusing. The mind is arrogant and the mind pulls us away. You have to overcome all of that and bring us closer to you. We pray that you do this for us and for all of our brethren. Amen. Amen. Ya Rabbi Lalameen. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.